Pretty Mental is about accepting our full selves and inspiring others to do the same by being daringly unfiltered. This means completely normalizing all things mental health and the wild journey that has brought us here. We are challenging the stigmatization of normal human suffering, and we are done pretending and subscribing to the notion that it is taboo to have challenging mental health experiences. Welcome to the Pretty Mental Health Club, and enjoy the show. We're not going to say, hey, Valentina, hey, Paula anymore. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, we're trying to evolve here, guys. We're like, how can we um, evolve? And we'll just take that out. Loosen it up. I was listening to it, actually, the other day. And I'm like, and I was laughing. I'm like, yo, we are so goofy. We literally are like two elementary schoolers who have... <laughs> Hey, Valentina. Hey, Paula. And hello, everybody. And welcome to another episode. It's like a script, you know, if you think about it. It's like we're playing podcasts. We're literally playing podcasts. And I still think it's so cute. But I'm like, let's just, you know, we want to just try something new. We're ready for um, middle school now. So <laughs> We're too cool. <laughs> we're too cool for the script. Yeah. So hello, pretty mental family. Welcome back, you guys. We love you with our whole souls. We are so happy you're here. I am so excited to share this episode with you guys. I have been holding it in my cells for a month now. Literally, <laughs> it's been so hard. It was so hard. It was so hard to just keep it to myself for so long. Yeah, this is the return of the solo podcast. We haven't done one in quite a while, and it felt so good to jump back into that. And get into our sister flow and we're just gonna catch you guys up on everything that's been going on and all the insights and downloads that have been coming through on our journeys oh my god this is season three by the way <laughs> that's what middle school calls for a new season <laughs> this is season three dun, 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 dun. this is how we make business decisions you guys yeah just just it's like throwing spaghetti at the wall <laughs> <laughs> we need a manager. <laughs> we remember when we wanted managers, uh, the whole manager journey years ago. My like goodness. you were going to be my manager. <laughs> it was going to be your manager. <laughs> You're like, nobody has the capacity to be each other's manager. Like we just have to keep moving. I think we'll we just, we never outgrew the stage of playing house. No. So this is season three. And the reason we decided on that is because it really feels like we're stepping into a new season of our lives. <laughs> <laughs> now that we're not saying, hey, Valentina and hey, Paula, we could just feel that the soil is so fertile. <laughs> no, but really, the soil feels really fertile lately. And that's something yeah. that I was saying and that's something that Paula was saying just individually. And then we came together and it just feels like there is something that is blooming in the air. Dude, it's just so crazy that we're both, but like not surprising, although it's always a little surprising at how synchronistic our journeys are, but it's so crazy that we're both deeply feeling this call towards the masculine and feminine energy cultivation, just cultivating consciousness around that and creation at the same time. It's, it's a really interesting 
situation that's coming through. I'm very excited to see how it's all going to pan out. It really is. And I wonder if it's something that is, well, first of all, I think you and I are twin flames. Yeah. They talk about twin flames having, being people who had, like they have similar experiences, even if they're not together. Yeah. And also they're each other's greatest teachers in this lifetime. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And- <laughs> <laughs> Amen to that one. I felt it in my soul. <laughs> Hell yeah. Paula and I bring out each other's shadow sides. Like, like we were being paid for it. <laughs> when are y'all going to pay us? I'm pretty mental. <laughs> the, amount of, the amount of fucking learning that we have to do together. We, we trigger each other, but it's great because we keep growing. We trigger each other. Yeah, we really reveal what is unconscious in each other. But because we, yeah, we both want to learn. So, you know, it's a rocky road at times, but we can, we also have the capacity to bring out each other's light because of that. So it's, it's really cool. Yeah. And the other thing I was going to say is I wonder if it's in the air right now in general, you know, because I started seeing Sahara Rose and Shaman Dirk and then a few other healers on Instagram, like go deep into the divine masculine and feminine And I'm like, is the universe just sending us a message right now that we have to heal it? And it makes sense because Mother Earth is the divine feminine. It's our mother and we have to heal her. We have to take care of her. We have to figure out where all the, the wounding is so we can fix it, so we can get her healthy again. And we can get all the energies on this planet healthy again. You know, Mother Earth is fine. I'm never worried about our universe will be killed off before she dies, you know, but it's like the the children need to heal so we can keep going. So the mother can keep taking care of us. Yeah. I just, for me, it's like this recent shift and kind of awakening into this conversation of the masculine and feminine energies is such a powerful lens through which to view mental health. Like it, to, it really destigmatizes the situation. And, and you realize that like when you're anxious, it's this, you know, it's this, once you can frame it through those two energies and just focus on healing both aspects of yourself, it's amazing how aligned that is with the whole mental health conversation. And and as we hash this out over time, like, are, it's going to be easier for me to express Same. what I'm trying to say here. But I'm like, like, the connection is there. And I'm just like, the words are going to come. Like, we're going to be able to wrap more to really help you guys see this vision that I can, like, sense deep in my bones. Yeah. Same. That's how I felt with the podcast that is going to come out after this one with Victoria, where it's almost like it's so new and bubbling inside of us that I almost can't get it out. Like I understand it with my essence, but to, to translate it into language and into this like structured way of thinking is, is not quite there yet, even though it is in my heart, but it's not entirely able to translate into words. Yeah. Like there's so many layers of it and it's all so interconnected. Like (laughs) we may have to start drawing charts. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> just to organize our mind around this. This is real. Uh, no lies told. Well, in this podcast, you guys, I'm going to dive deep into my plant medicine journey on Sam Pedro. And then everything we just talked about will make a lot of sense as you keep listening. 
I really think that you guys are going to enjoy it. I think that I hope that you get some good takeaways for yourself and maybe it'll have you reflect on your own masculine and feminine wounding in your own lives and how that has affected you on a micro level personally and into the macro, you know, around you and in your connection to earth and in your connection to everyone around you. And with that pretty mental family, we're still going to keep breathing y'all. This is something we're not <laughs> dropping. I'm, I'm going to let you know right now. <laughs> we will forever be taking deep breaths together. Okay. That stays through all the seasons. And with that pretty mental family, take in a deep breath with us. <laughs> Are you laughing? We're just so goofy. And tune in. Before we jump into the episode, we want to highlight our sponsor, Conscious Conversion, recently known as Resonate with Sarah. Conscious Conversion is a holistic multimedia marketing agency for thought leaders of the new paradigm. We love them because their main mode of operating, which also filters out the clients they bring on, is making sure that the message is in alignment with your mission in the world and that your mission in this world is in alignment with where the plan is heading right now, that your mission is here to help awaken the planet and move evolution forward. Whatever your offering is, they use Google, YouTube, Facebook, and Instagram ads to cut through the clutter of the internet and amplify your message on a massive scale. They also offer organic social media, copywriting, and so much more. We'll link their website in the show notes if you guys are interested in more information. We highly suggest you check them out if your ears perk up when you hear this. And now back to our episode. It is August 24th, 2021. We call in our higher selves. We call in our angels, our ancestors, our spirit guides. We call in all of the energies that walk with us in this lifetime. We call in the spirit of San Pedro, the spirit of the divine masculine, the divine feminine, the spirit of love. And as we open up this sacred container, we invite in raw, honest, vulnerable truths for the highest healing of ourselves, the highest healing of our community, everyone they come in contact with, and for the highest healing of the planet. We ground ourselves in truth and in love. The portal is now open. Hello. Valentina. What's up, Paula? <laughs> Here we are. It's been a minute. Oh, my God. How much time do you guys have today? For real. <laughs> I'm we so really excited. Have, we haven't done a solo podcast in forever. Yeah. And we have so much to talk about today. I don't know if it's because we hyped this up amongst you and I since <laughs> almost like I feel like I'm literally a month ago. We hyped this solo podcast up like a month ago. I'm kind of nervous. Are you? I am. I'm like, what is happening? I've if been it, around the block once or twice. Why am I so nervous? <laughs> like what's happening right now? It feels like a bigger one. Does it feel like that? Is it because we're on the brink of something great? <laughs> Exploding into confetti. 
Yeah, I don't know. I was just like felt myself before we jumped on just a little jittery and I do not get like that anymore. Yeah. Who knows? Who knows? Yeah. Also, you know, because I want to make sure that, I mean, every, not, I mean, I don't know, maybe you guys know, maybe you don't. Paula, you know that I feel really confident expressing myself in writing and when it comes to speaking, which is like I get the fucking ir- irony here, I feel confident, but with writing, it just flows out like water for me. And I'm about to speak on a medicine journey, a plant medicine journey, which if you've ever done one, speaking about it afterwards is, I mean, it's so hard because you're literally talking about concepts and places that you've been with your spirit, right? Not with your, this like physical body. So it's really tricky. And I think my nerves are coming from a level of like frustration (laughs) that I feel every time whenever I try to talk about ayahuasca or just like a mushroom journey or it's just kind of this, oh, I'm giving you these words, but they don't even do it halfway justice. So Anyway, I'm going to try my absolute best with all that being said. Yeah, because I think you've gotten, excuse me, I think you've gotten way better about your ability to express yourself verbally has expanded, grown exponentially since we started this podcast. It really has. And maybe I'm not giving myself enough credit. Yeah. Because I was actually with a friend and we were listening to one of our first podcast episodes. Oh my God, we were listening to Malik's. Was it horrible? <laughs> the second episode that we ever recorded. And I was just cracking up. Malik was great. Knew. Malik was oh, great. Dude, Malik we was were, amazing. We were two little scrubs. Scrubs. Literally, <laughs> I was like Malik. <laughs> I mean, we were just wide-eyed and like puppy-eyed on him because... It, I, literally the, basically the only thing that I could say that entire podcast episode was, were you always like this? Were you always like this? Were you always like this? I'm like, dude, there's so much juice. We could elaborate on so much more. And all I want to know is that he came out of the womb enlightened. (laughs) That's a fair question for Malik though. That's real. I still want to know, like, how the fuck are you? How the fuck are you like this? We might <laughs> go right back to the same this. conversation. We think we've grown. Place You're Malik in wrong. front of us. <laughs> we might go back to that. You're not wrong. So before we dive into the meat of everything, let's just dive into, you know, how are you doing? In breaking news, you guys, Paula just started following me on Instagram. <laughs> <laughs> that was so trippy. I'm like, I swear I didn't do this on purpose. Uh huh. <laughs> Probably from one of our little tips. I was like, unfollow. <laughs> um, no, I don't know. I just, I was, I went to your page. I was like, I was like, what's Valentina doing? So I went to your page and it was like, follow back. <laughs> and I'm like, what the fuck? <laughs> Whoops. I have no idea. But yeah, I had to let you know <laughs> you were going to get a notification that Paula just followed you. I'd probably just be like, I don't even know. But yeah. anyway, yeah. how are you doing? I'm good. I went to Puerto Rico. Yeah, it looked amazing. Wow. It was beautiful. It was beautiful. You know, I love island life. Hell yeah. I love Me island too. life. Me too. I have insights coming in left and right every time I go on a run. When I run is when I get the most downloads and it's always like, 
I'm going to be that one <laughs> so ridiculous. I'm going to be that one person who actually moves to the islands. Like everyone always says, I just want to drop everything and move to the island. I'm like, I'm going to be not that one. I mean, a lot of people have done it, but yeah. I just have this like deep fantasy that I do belong on an island. And I know you feel like that as well. I do, but you know, I, I do wonder sometimes because when I'm on an island, I'm so zen that I'm like, mental health, what? I know. <laughs> I'm like, trauma? What is that? You know, so it's almost like my brain just totally unplugs and I'm just like, I'm just floating in the waves. Just eat some coconuts, you guys. That's all you have to do. Um. It decreases the intensity of all the emotional experiences, I think. Pro the negative ones. Um, the positive ones kind of it, – it's like a, a shortened – it's a geographical solution uh, for enlightenment, for me anyways, just being in the islands and being surrounded by that much water. That I do wonder if it would – and maybe not, you know. Maybe that's just an excuse I make for myself to, like, not take make that move. But sometimes I wonder if it would – decrease the amount of like relatability that I could have with clients you know if I'm just on an island all day and, maybe and they're talking to me about like what they're struggling with and I'm just like huh I could see maybe from like the human to human standpoint I feel like for me I operate so much out of the spirit standpoint I'm like I, I would thrive I think I could I would thrive Listen, I don't need any of the density holding me down. <laughs> I just want to keep ascending. Yeah, that's true, actually. Yeah, yeah. Because then you you may just, it, it, you can just take people. For, yeah, I'd probably just be taking people into trance states more frequently. I think so. Because you would be tapped into, you know, it, I feel like this almost goes into the conversation of we so often think that healing has to be painful and really healing can be so joyful and so much fun. There's just another way to look at it. And I know you believe that too. I'm not saying that you only think healing has to be painful, but I could understand why you think maybe being in like a thicker density will help you kind of relate with more people. But I also, I'm curious how true that is, you know? Also though, the internet isn't the best. Oh, on an island? Yeah. Yeah. Who knows? The internet wasn't wire. the best, even in my, oh, okay. like, the room that I was staying in. So I'm glad we didn't record while I was down there, actually, because I could barely FaceTime my mom. Listen, we in a few weeks are going to have Sarah Yamtik, the love of my life on this podcast. She's the CEO of Conscious Conversion, and she's the CEO of an entire marketing and digital agency. And she literally lives in an off-grid house <laughs> in Costa Rica. So when we bring her on, we'll just make sure to talk about what are her tips and tricks. Because the technology issues. Yeah. Yeah. She runs a whole agency and she's a fucking badass. Yeah. So we'll, we'll see what she has to say about that. Yeah, dude. I don't know. Just like being surrounded by water on all sides is that I just, to me, the highest frequency as far as geography goes. Yeah. It really is. Amen. It really is. Yeah. But, you know, we'll see when that happens. Well, do you have any more updates before I jump into mine? Um, no, I mean, that's the main one. Just going to Puerto Rico, cleansing my energies a little bit. 
finishing up my licensure to finally be able to decide what my next move is going to be, whether that's going to be going into a ketamine clinic or beginning my own practice. But there's definitely some changes coming up in the near future. Oh, that's cool. And I will definitely keep you guys posted. I do feel like the phase of life that I'm in right now is I'm being catapulted into into like what's coming up next is creation. It's creation, creation, creation. Uh, because I've been cultivating, cultivating, cultivating for so long that something has definitely shifted. That's just saying, okay, like, you know, everything you need to know. I mean, obviously, like, there's all going to be more to learn, but you've been in the depths for a very long time. Like, <laughs> come on out and do some creating, build whatever it is that needs to happen. I love that so much. And that is literally, I can relate, which I'm not surprised. We often go through very parallel journeys. I've been saying lately, right now I'm just in a building, building, building mode. Like I am just so heavily focused on building everything for myself. And and I think I've always been building, but like now I'm like really focused on just what do I want? I have a clear vision for what my future will look like, which it sounds like you too. Like it, it almost, it's not just this like ethereal concept that we speak about. It's actually something that feels pretty, like it's getting really solidified. And so what steps can we take now to really build that really the stable platform and dig our roots deeper into the soil? Yeah. I don't know that I have a super clear vision for exactly what it's going to look like, but I know what the next steps are. Yeah. Which is usually how I function. It's usually yeah. like, okay, I know what's next and I know what's next and what's next. And I know that it's next. It's creating, you know, whatever container that is for the work that I'm going to be doing. I think that that's such a solid insight just for everyone who's listening to is that we think that we have to have this giant roadmap planned out. And really, I think it helps to have some kind of loose vision, you know, but, and I think it helps to have a loose vision and just trust that the universe will always reveal as long as you're doing what fills you up and what gives you joy, the universe is going to reveal the next best step when you need to know it. So not, you don't need to know every single step. Typically, it really does get delivered to you. It, All yeah. you have to do is just keep showing up for yourself every single day and really doing the things that fill you up. Yeah. And also the the message that I would pile on to that too is that life actually has a lot of grace. There's a lot of grace. That's something that I've been uh, really connecting with, which, you know, in this journey of healing and creation and all that, all these conversations, there's this idea of like, okay, we need to be integrated. Like, can we already, can we be healed already? Can we be fully integrated? Can we just, you know, be vibrating at this high frequency all the time so that it can, you know, so the right things come into our existence. But what I've been experiencing is that even when I'm not at my best, the universe is still like, throwing things my way and it's like you're open you're open to seeing them yeah yeah but I think for me that's like a big deal to like to to recognize because it's not like you know I think this the idea of perfectionism can even come into the healing journey where it's like oh I can only get into that relationship when I'm you know you know people are like if you can't be happy by yourself then you can't be happy with anybody else um but in reality, it's like this whole human journey is just messy. 
And a lot of times it feels like things are not working out, but if you kind of try to keep your vision forward and yeah, and stay open to seeing them, the universe is still saying like, no, like I got you. Like the plan is still unfolding, even if we're not doing our best, but as long as there's just willingness to stay open, there is a ton of grace coming through, guiding us along our path. Even if it doesn't feel that way in the moment, you know, just a few recent events that have happened to me, like it's almost like what, you know, like that post that I did, like life is really trying to love you. I promise, you know, it's like this message came through super heavy when I was in the ocean and um, it's almost like we're always trying to figure out like, okay, this is how I need to handle it and, and no, okay, it didn't work out that way. Like, what do I need to do to problem solve and what steps do I need to take? And, and it's just like, like chill chill. Like it, even unanswered prayers can be the biggest blessing. Like that might also be life trying to love you. Yes. This just dives into one of the solos we did talking about surrender, right? Where one of the things that we were talking about was do you, is surrendering mean you just lay, you just lay down on your bed and not do anything all day? No, it's kind of just, you stay open to the universe. You show up for yourself. Some days showing up means more doing more. Sometimes it means doing less. That's where that grace comes in. But it's really surrendering is just staying open with faith, staying open with faith, knowing that you're held every step of the way and the universe really is delivering to you even when you it doesn't look like it. Even when it feels like shit, maybe that shit is here to like reroute you. Yeah, I mean, even all this Puerto Rico trip, just most concrete example, my initial plan was to go to Destin with my two cats. <laughs> I was going to go to, I was going to drive to Destin because our uncle has a beach house there with my two cats. And it was just going to be like, just a very simple grounded, you know, be by the ocean. And then two days before I'm supposed to go, my uncle messages me and he's like, Hurricane Fred's coming through. And I'm like, is this some sick joke? (laughs) (laughs) Oh my God. Yeah, that's hilarious. Cause we were talking about you going for like over a week. (laughs) <laughs> and I knew how much you wanted it too. You were desperate to get out. You knew that I had, I needed to get by the ocean. And I'm like, no, <laughs> like, is this some sick joke? Like literally I shed a tear. And then I was like, no, 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 no. You know, I think that's part of it too, is being able to say like, not staying in the problem so long that you don't see the solution. So then being able to say like, nope, you know, I don't know why. Hurricane Fred's coming through to ruin my plans, but there must be a better, there must be something better for me. Um, and I don't always easily access that. Although I do have a tendency to, like, I, I do think I'm, I'm practiced in that, but that was very clear in that moment. Like, no, mm -mm, nope. I don't care what's going to, I don't care. I don't care what it takes. Like, I'm going to end up in Monaco. Like, we are not staying in Atlanta. <laughs> this, this is a sign I should go to Ibiza. This <laughs> is a sign I should go to Ibiza. Like, this yeah, a five is a five-star resort. Happening. And then I'm sitting there with my brother Googling, and he's like, Puerto Rico looks like it's in the clear. Um, And then I was like, oh, shit, Puerto Rico is in the clear. Like, guess I'm going to Puerto Rico. And I ended up on an island in a, in a beachfront hotel, which is like always what I love is like, I mean, I love being able to fall asleep to sound at the ocean if I'm going to be near the ocean. And 
in an island, my favorite place. You know, so like what could have been, you know, what I even shed like a little tear for when I heard that Fred was coming. I literally sent that to my mom. I was like, is this some sick joke that the universe, like what is the universe, <laughs> what breakthrough is it trying to make me have right now? And really it actually ended up unfold because I kept my eyes open and continued to move forward and said, okay, like that's not where you want me to be. I'm open, you know, yeah. keep searching, keep looking. That. And I ended up in like my dream situation. I love that. I love that. That's, I have so many frequent moments that I've mentioned on this podcast of literally speaking out loud, being like, I don't really know what you're doing right now, but I just trust. I trust. And I had some moments this past month where I was like, I literally looked at the universe and I was like, what is the lesson here? Can you just give me the lesson already? I get we're doing this thing right now, but like, just shoot me the lesson real quick so, so I can proceed. Cause what the fuck is going on? Like truly. And, and even as I'm saying that I just, I, I have ingrained it, you know, like on a DNA level that trust is the way trust is the way, even if it feels, even if it brings tears, I think crying and all that is so important. Grieve it. Grieving is so important. So you don't store that in your body. Right. And you don't resist it and keep you there longer. But if we can just figure out a way to just maintain that faith and that trust that there is a greater plan and that ascension is, we're only going up. We're only going up. We're not going back down. Even if it looks like we're going down, if you just make the decision of like, nope, like you said, nope, nope, nope. I'm not going to let this ruin me. Like whatever gets thrown your way, just make that declaration of I'm only going up from here. We'll figure out how that looks after I'm done grieving it, but we're only going up. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. I mean, the universe, life is guiding us. It just, I, it's crazy because I, I feel like I something happened when I was in that water. Um where it, like I was really just floating there and I mean I wrote it in that poem and I was just like like I could feel my tightening and suddenly I felt like what are you doing like mm. look look where you are look what look what look the way that life is supporting you look at the people that are in your life look at you know everything that there's so much supporting us I think sometimes we get so um Tony Robbins talks about suffering coming from the blueprint of our life, what we have in our mind, not matching up with our current reality and how much suffering comes from that. But a lot of times, like if we dig deeper into like why that blueprint is there is because we want to experience, you know, the softness or we want to experience the love or we want to experience, you know, whatever joyful experience is already there. But if we kind of surrender long enough to notice a lot of those elements are already present for a lot of us in different ways. And it's just like loosening and softening up our bodies and not bracing and realizing like, I mean, I just, what I picture is like somebody that an adult that loves a child that is screaming and wailing and just hugging, giving that child almost like a bear hug until the child finally softens and realizes that it's, it's held. But it, while we're screaming and wailing and resisting, it's hard to feel that support. But that's what the mind does. Yeah, which is why it's so important to have these practices of embodiment to help ourselves get back into our bodies because that's when we're going to be the most receptive to waking up to everything. 
you know, words aren't enough sometimes. Thinking process, like thinking your way into happiness is, I don't know, like that didn't work for me. For me, getting back into my body and getting out of my head is what allowed me to fully actually be held, to actually feel what's happening versus the projection that my mind is telling me is happening. Yeah. Your, the meditation you just released for um, Pretty Mental, this most recent one, was a pretty good guide into that. Oh, yeah. You guys check it out. You guys should. But all right, let's dive into you. Yeah. So I don't know if you guys have been following me personally on Instagram, but I have three hummingbirds and their names are Hummy, Magic, and Spirit. And they're flying outside my window right now. And it's making me so sad because I have to close the window when we do these podcasts because the noise outside. And that means I have to put their food away. So I'm like, who's feeding them for this hour? Hummingbirds have to eat, I think, something crazy like eight times an hour. I'm like, are y'all going to die in this hour? Hold on. <laughs> Just sit on a leaf for a minute, please, and don't expend all your energy. Um, but what, what happened was they the first time they came into my life was on my grandma's birthday. My grandma passed 2020, so on what would have been her birthday of this year. And one of them came into my house. Did I talk about this? I feel like I talked about this on the podcast. Maybe. a little. Well, one of them came into my house. I didn't have food or anything like that, but like literally in my house, two, like a foot from my face, if that, and just stared at me. And I was, and then I put it on Instagram. And right after I put that on Instagram, I got two messages from two different people, my mom and then my grandma's sister. Was it her sister? Or no, not her sister, her um, niece or someone. Someone in her family that it's insane that I don't know who she is. She knows me. Oh my God. And she, I love you. I'm sorry. I know you listen to this podcast. Listen, this is what happens when you have extended family that you haven't really met. I don't know what their actual like phrasing is. Second cousin, third cousin. Anyway, my mom was like, that's your grandma, the hummingbird. And then she also said, that's your, that's your grandma Livia. And then I decided to get some food for these hummingbirds. And then three of them showed up and they literally visit me from 7 a.m. to 9 p.m. all day. I mean, I'm with these birds all day and they fly in my house. They like, they're, they're my birdies. And I have had two healers, two Reiki healers tell me that I have three guides, specifically three guides. And the fact that I have three hummingbirds. You had another Reiki, like, you had another Reiki healer tell you that too? I'm sorry. Um, an Akashic reader told me that. When you hadn't told them anything, they just know that. Yeah. And what's crazy is that for so long ago, I foreshadowed this. Cause remember I was the, I remember I, when I told you that you had hummingbird energy. Oh yeah. Yeah. I said and that years ago. I was like, Valentina, you make me think, you know, cause we were talking about like spirit guides and I was like, I feel like hummingbirds for you. Because I, I eat eight times in one hour. <laughs> Just kidding. Because <laughs> yeah, when, when you decide to move, you move like very quickly. Very quickly. And they, oh yeah. And then that night I pulled a, um, a hummingbird tarot card. So I'm just like, these guys are super supposed to be here. And they're my three guides. Now I just like, they're my spirit guides for sure. They're my spirit animals. Like I, if I it feels pretty cool. It feels pretty cool. And I'll go on my roof sometimes and they'll somehow be up there. Like I, they know when I'm up there. Never before, before I had never seen them up there. But now wherever I am, either in my house or on the roof and there they are. 
But that's some updates for me. Oh, they love and you. I love them. I'm obsessed with them. <laughs> My mom is like worried about them. She's like, what if you go on vacation, Valentina? <laughs> like- oh, no, it's fine. I already have a neighbor who will take care of them. I told her. Oh, really? I've, talked, I've figured all this backup plan. I even have a backup plan. Like if I ever have to move, oh, like I already know what I'm going to do. These these birdies are going to be taken care, taken oh, care of. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but with all of that being said, now we can dive into the ceremony that I promised I would speak on. My San Pedro ceremony. San Pedro is also known as Wachuma. I think Wachuma is the name of origin. Um, and it is a cactus plant. So I had a Wachuma San Pedro ceremony right before Paul's birthday. So a little over a month ago or almost a month ago. And I had the intentions of overall healing, but overall healing for my, everyone that I knew as well for my community. So I listed you, my mom, my, my ancestors, I listed everyone like a a deep overall healing for all of us. And I also wanted to know like physical healing, the hormone issues that I've had since forever, honestly. And for those of you who don't know, I'll dive deeper into it in this podcast, but God, ever since I got my period, like it's been extremely inconsistent and inconsistent to the point where like I wouldn't have it for a year at a time. And I thought it was completely normal. Mm -hmm. And I even had a doctor who was like, you're so lucky. I literally manipulate my birth control pills to not have a period. Right. And then I had, I had multiple, I mean, I went to, you guys heard this on the talk with Goonie, like I've spent thousands of dollars in gone to endocrinologists, gynecologists. I've had blood taken. I've had like all this stuff happens and all of them, all they can say is like, oh, you're completely fine. And I've always been like, I don't really think so. But I heard that for so long that I kind of just ignored it and didn't try to do anything really. I mean, I ate healthy. I did all the things, but I still had those issues. And I even considered myself blessed because I was like, I don't have to deal with that. And so just it's been really inconsistent my whole life what a backward what a backwards mentality to me that a medical professional you know what i mean that's just such a western mindset such a western mindset because the 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 period and the fertility cycle for women it's you know that's i i don't yeah my 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 own bias there is like you know I, i i don't want it to be interrupted by any I don't know. There's so many different opinions on this, but it is definitely a Western mindset. It's so integral to who we are as a woman incarnated, incarnated being in this mm-hmm. lifetime. And I was told by other women doctors, you know, by one woman doctor who she was like, oh, you're lucky. I had other doctors that they would take tests and they were like, oh, you're completely fine, which, you know, I've, all, I've been a pretty healthy human. So like, I guess I get why they would see that, but it also just blows my mind just when you think about Western standards, right? I mean, the fact that we have birth control here, I think, you know, if you take birth control, it's completely fine. But I, I have had many, many friends who it's just like have, they were on it for a long time. And then right when they got off, they had to literally rebuild their lives. I mean, they were attracted to different people who they had never been attracted to. Like I'm talking about, 
pheromones. Just like, like, like crazy changes that they were like, what the fuck is going on? I literally have mm-hmm. to get re get to know myself at the age of like 30. What is happening? Or more than that, you know, I personally could only take birth control for like less than a month when I was in high school. Cause my body, as you guys have known, if you listen to this podcast, my body literally like will tell me pretty quickly what the fuck is going on. And I it made me, it flipped me upside down when I was on it. Like day two, I couldn't take it. Um, so anyway, all of that to say, that's just some background for you guys. And I took the, the medicine, the Wachuma medicine. So before I dive into the story, I also want to say that I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna protect everyone's names because you know I don't want to speak about their journeys. I'm just gonna talk about mine. Certain people in this journey represented specific archetypes for me, right? So I'm definitely not saying that anyone did anything that was harmful in any way, but some people did when it'll make sense when I speak about it, they represented almost like archetypes in my life that had been kind of harmful. So not anything specific to their personal character in the sober waking life, but that's just how it went for me. And I, so took the medicine and we took it in the morning and then we went on literally, we were, (laughs) we went on a like 98 degree weather hike afterwards for 10 hours. It was nuts. It was not, I could not believe, I was laughing and narrating to myself the entire time that we were doing it. I was like, this is, I'm a girl, I'm a motherfucking Girl Scout right now. What is happening? I feel like, I didn't, what did I sign up for? <laughs> this is, you know, the other thing, you just take it and you lay down and let it do what it's going to do. We took it and then we went on a journey, a literal physical journey. And with how with San Pedro, how I best can describe it is that it with ayahuasca, you get flipped into other dimensions. And then with San Pedro, you, your entire body becomes a like receptive frequency. You feel your frequencies, but you're still a human on this earth. So you're very, very, very aware of everything that's around you. Like you're here, you're still here. You've just tapped into very, very deep frequencies to the point where you're open enough that you can get, that you're connected to everything around you and all your, your downloads come and then the healing journey begins. And as we were doing that journey, I remember sweating and just sweating, sweating, climbing up this mountain in so much heat and just looking around and being like, I cannot believe that I am on this gorgeous mountain. And we were like walking at a normal pace. So it's not like we were stopping too much. I can't believe that I am on this gorgeous mountain staring at these beautiful flowers and all these things around me. And I can't even stay. And I'm on a whole medicine plant, plant medicine. And I can't even say and look at it. What? Like, I want to like take this in. I want to commune with the dirt and the rocks and the flowers and the sky. Like, please, I just want to stay and look at this. And then right when that thought came in, I remember just laughing to myself how like what a metaphor for life like if you really think about how miraculous everything in this life is and it passes by so quickly so how can we allow ourselves to just accept that everything is such a miracle and just keep moving and keep moving and 
it was pretty profound for me because, and Paul, I feel like you'll relate to this, is I am like, and I've since like changed a little bit since this insight, but I will, if I have something like very sacred coming up, I want to not talk to anyone for like 24 hours and really like Zen out and get my intentions going. But then also afterwards, I don't want to talk to anyone for like 24 to 48 hours to like Zen out and let everything integrate. And I just get very particular about so much space and silence. (laughs) Yeah. And I'm like, why the fuck do I need so much time? <laughs> like, that's, so like something that should be a day literally is just like a, a week retreat of silence for me. <laughs> that, that makes me laugh because this morning I like, I'm like, I'm going to wake up early. So I have time to myself before clients. And so then I'm like journaling and then I like schedule time after my therapy session before call. And then I'm like, <laughs> I literally today I was like, Paula. Like how much time do you need? Like if you need a you need a two hour integration session after every activity. Like I mean, literally, I'm like, this is getting ridiculous. I'll meditate. I'll have like an hour meditation. I'll be like, and I can't talk to anyone for at least an hour after. And then like I'll need like 30 minutes to I'm like, okay, calm down. Calm down. You are a human who lives on earth with other humans. Like enough is enough. <laughs> Like you're not oh a spirit God, yet. I'm like, how many ceremonial activities do I need to do before our life has literally become to, like to join into the day? Until we're, and it's like so funny because I still think that that has its place in time. But I, found, I realized that I started really living my life pretty, like glued to that, where I just got very dogmatic about like no one talked to me, you know, because I'm no one talked to me because I'm over here being super peaceful, like. I don't know, right? Pretty. It probably had, it probably had its place. It reminds me of like what David went through when he like stopped talking to people for a long time. The oh, the shaman that we had on. Yeah, I mean, um, it totally has its place. Yeah, but yeah. if you're not careful, you it could you, you could really get sucked into it where you do all of these healing modalities so you can go into life, but you'd rather spend more time out of life than in it. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I'm like doing, you know, my meditation, journaling, staring out at the sky, like <laughs> just the lounger. I'm a master lounger with my meditative music in the background. And then I'm just like, Paula, like, go finish your client notes. <laughs> like, there's some, I like, you do not need a 40 minute meditative Zen retreat before between every administrative <laughs> activity like nothing is ever gonna get done that is how I feel and I'm just like my current journey where I'm at in life is just diving a little deeper into the movement around me and I can only be there now because I've taken so much space for myself and don't get me wrong I love I still love space for myself and I'm still pretty picky about what energies I allow into my sphere I think that's important. I think it's important to be discerning and intentional with that. But I've just started playing, like laughing at, just becoming really, really aware. It gets funny. It gets funny. It gets funny. So I, I realized like, oh my God, like I'm over here, you know, as I was walking up the mountain and everything was leaving me, I'm like, this is actually really representative of life of just, it's like, we almost want to simmer with everything, but how can we just, and I, I take this term from Sarah. She always says, weave with what is. With, with whatever is, just weave with it. 
And that was playing in my head as I was walking up the mountain and just, I was weaving with, with everything and just laughing as it was happening and laughing at the beauty and the, the miracles in front of me. And just like laughing at the fact that like, just making fun of myself as well of how much time I needed and, and all of that. And then as I was, as I was walking, I realized we, um, I'm trying to see what direction I want to take this. So I, I felt like a tribe. I definitely felt like we were like animals in a tribe because we were in one long, long line with, we had two guides who were guiding us in this session and, and I'll dive deeper into the masculine and the feminine as we go on, but I'm going to refer to, so masculine and feminine are just energies. You can be a woman with masculine energy and a man with feminine energy, but for as me, a heterosexual woman, I'm going to refer to the masculine as a man and the feminine as, as woman. Um, cause those are the archetypes and the genders that coupled up when I was in this journey, but we had one of our, our, our man, the man who was guiding us was leading in the front. And then the woman, she was kind of in the back holding us. And then the man was just like directing the masculine was directing everything and taking us up the mountain and, and telling us where to go and keeping track of everything. And then the feminine, you know, was in the back really holding us. She was ho- making sure no one got left behind. She was making sure the family was still together, making sure that we were all held. And everyone was constantly like looking ahead and looking back, looking ahead and looking back, making sure that everyone was safe. And it was just so beautiful to me of how much of another, like another another representative of life. We are such a tribe and we all need each other in order to, to keep going. If one of us got out of place, like the, we'd be up a mountain lost on San Pedro, (laughs) like figuring out what to do. (laughs) And so we finally got to our, uh, a destination and the, the, the man who was guiding us, he was like, okay, now everyone go do their thing. And me and, and three of my my friends who were there were kind of all, uh, just looked at each other. And then the woman who was guiding us as well, she we all just looked at each other and we were like, huh? Wait, hold on. He goes, and of course, none of us have our phones with us because we're like diving into ceremony. And he's like, okay, everyone reconvene at 5 p.m. And we're like, what the fuck is 5 p.m.? <laughs> like, what? <laughs> none of us have any technology on us. Like, what is going on? We... And we all had to kind of sober up for a minute and be like, okay, like what is, I thought like you were guiding us, what's happening right now? And he was just like, okay, everyone just pick a buddy and then like go off or whatever. And then he went off singing and like yelling at the sky and doing his own thing and just went off to play. And then the woman stayed back with us and she was like, like help. She just, she stayed back with us, you know? And for me, that was just everything because that entire journey, it was almost like mom and dad are holding us and they're guiding us through. And I, and it's such a healing space that I, we can let go completely. And right when that disruption happened, it was like, oh my God, now what, now what I'm this, like, I'm a sponge of a human right now, you know, totally vibrating like on the very open frequency and dad just left and mom has to hold down the fort what's happening and then the woman she starts she goes and she locates a space for us in the woods like deep in the woods and then she starts banging her drum like real shaman 
mystic like like it was I mean sake I was off somewhere and then when I heard that drum I was like an animal I just perked up and I walked right to the drum and so did everyone else and it was just this like beautiful echoing deep drum and then she starts singing and we all do the exact same thing right when that happens we all just kind of place ourselves around her and at this point it was like me and four other people Everyone else had kind of just, I think, followed the the masculine, right? The masculine guide or like gone off. And, but back where we were, we all just kind of laid down and listened to her singing. And then at that point, we were able to stop operating out of our mind again. Because when he left, we all had, it was like a bit of survival mode. Yeah. We all had to be like, okay, now what the, like, I've never taken this before. You know, like, what do I have to do right like, now? Like, that's a problem solve right now. <laughs> it was like, this is nutty. And also I was cracking up to myself just because we've with what is, right? So I'm like, all right, you know, this showed up for a reason. I don't think anything is random. I really don't. And, but yeah, like I have to problem solve what's happening. So, but when she started singing and drumming, then we all kind of laid around her and <clears throat> I was able to, just she held so much space i told her afterwards i was like i would follow you until the ends of this universe she held so much space that the only option for me was to let go that was the only option and she was singing these beautiful tribal songs and i used my breath a lot during that to get myself in my body so again, you're operating on this like absolute high open frequency. So you're just like open and receptive to everything. And at the same time, like using my breath to get embodied again, realizing, or just really allowed me to dive deep into the journey. And then the insights just started like flooding in. Wow. And the first things that started happening was it started on a micro to the macro level insights. So I started seeing where I, where I had a wounded masculine in myself. And when you think about the masculine and the feminine, I'm by no means an expert and we'll have someone on that can dive deeper into this, but the masculine is kind of that structure that if you, if you have any, if anyone knows John Wyland, he's this awesome speaker on this, but he talks about how, like, if you think of a waterfall, the masculine will be are the rocks and that mm -hmm. structure, the foundation, and the foundation, uh -huh. and then the, the feminine is the water. Yeah. With, and then without the foundation, you're, the water just spills into a puddle. It's, you yeah. know, can't do what it does and it can't flow. Yeah. And without the water, it's just structure. There's no life there. Yeah. And what ha the, the first part where I started seeing the wounded masculine and just how, you know, being shown to me through the archetypes of the people who were in the journey with me was the masculine left. Like he straight up dipped. Our structure was gone. And at that he point, it all kind of, wow. he took it away. And at that point, we all kind of became little ants who started walking in circles trying to figure out like, what tree am I going to sit next to for the next 10 hours <laughs> like to heal myself? Because I'm on some medicine right now, so I got to make the best of this. <laughs> and the feminine was the life force energy. The nurturing. Life, the nurturing, the mm -hmm. healer, the one that was there to allow everything to bloom. Mm -hmm. And she 
and that's what happened when I laid right next to the woman who was guiding us. I started healing. Like I, the insights started coming. And at that point she was having to play both masculine and that's feminine. That's what I'm thinking. Like she had to, it feels like she had to vamp up her feminine power, like the strength of the woman. And she was, it's not, she was still in her feminine, but through that feminine, she was now creating structure, which, you know, it's obviously easier if there's a masculine presence there to help balance it out. But we, we can access that within ourselves too. We can access that within ourselves. And she 100%, like you felt her force, like wildfire. I mean, she was just so present. And I started seeing how as a younger girl and, you know, I think just in general, the the energies in this world, this is not particular to just me. Like the, there is a huge imbalance of the masculine and feminine, huge, unless you have, you know, generations of ancestors who've worked to balance that out, which nobody has. has. I really don't know who has no one here, which is why so much of our generation is a generation that's out here breaking patterns. Cause like Mm -hmm. we all woke up to that. And I, Okay. So I'm like laying in the grass and then that insight comes of like, okay, when I was, I, I started seeing when I, I've been in, or I was in survival mode for so long because I had to become, I had to lean deeper into my masculine from the time that I was younger and it became wounded because it wasn't a balanced, healthy masculine. It was out of fear. I had to like do certain things for myself out of fear, out of survival mode. So I wasn't, able to yeah it wasn't like a methodical hey let me build some structure this is how you create this is how you move things forward it's more like oh my god if I don't do this what's gonna happen you know so then it comes from an energy of urgency and lack yeah and and then it becomes when there's that lack, you almost have to, and then there, when there's that lack and not the consciousness, when you're a child, you're not really like that smart with these things. You kind of just go all in and like do what you need to do out of fear and survival. So for so long, I had to like dip really deep, deep into my masculine. And I think that manifested in just being this, like I, I braced, I became, I braced through life. Like I started bracing against everything around me because for me in order to feel safe and like everything was going to be okay, I had to close everyone out. I had to put boundaries are also very masculine. I had to, and all of this, there's like a, a, you know, there's a scale. It can be, it can be a very healthy masculine or it can be a very like toxic masculine or same with the feminine. And I dipped into like the, the wounded side of that, like the toxic side of that, where I would like not let anyone in. And I became very closed up and it was because I was out of survival mode. I had to feel safe for myself and that's what I had to do. Um, and then I locked myself up. I, I, you know, I mean, you know, you remember me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I remember like, it isn't like your friend showed up at your front door and you wouldn't even let him in literally. Literally. Like I, that actually happened. Well, yeah. It literally did. I had to, I almost like dissociated from this realm because I just did not feel safe a lot. Or I won't like go too deep into specifics because there's just, you know, privacy there. And I don't like, right. that's just my particular journey. Yeah, Everyone has their own perspectives and I would never, ever speak from someone else's perspective. Right. 
So this was oh, right. My... Your your survival instinct was to disconnect. Was kind of like flight in that sense. Right. Right. Psychological flight and boundary up. So I started seeing that. Oh, okay. So in order to when you have the when you dip into that when you start working out of your masculine masculine predominantly for such a long time, you, there is an imbalance in the feminine. And I started seeing that feminine is fertility. It is life force. It is the healing. It is, it is that water that flows through you. And it just clicked inside of me as I was going through this, like, holy shit, these hormonal issues fully came on because I stopped allowing life to flow through me. Fertility fully stopped it because my main thing was not to heal and to give life and to bloom. My main thing was to be safe and to boundary the fuck up because I needed to survive. Yeah. And that is what I started seeing. And then that when I had that insight, I realized for myself was, okay, now that I can see that I am no longer in survival mode in my life. Like I no longer need to brace against life. I no longer need to be so closed up. I can I can actually start inviting in more life, more uh, life force energy, more flowing within me because I can take care of myself now. I'm in a position where I can really take care of myself and allow this. I'm not this scared child anymore. And I had to have that insight because even though I knew it on a logical level, in that journey, it was like a cellular knowing. That was when you experience it emotionally, something different happens. Yeah. And then that worked up to just uh, where I am in my life now and realizing that there's just been such an imbalance for such a long time inside of me and it's manifested physically. And I then it went up to the, the greater scale of my ancestors and how that happened of how we've had women in our families who had to literally become these like masculine figures in order to keep everything going. If you think of my grandma who passed, she, and I've said this on the podcast before, like she was this woman who almost had to like forget about everything in life because she had to, like she couldn't just be there to bloom and to do what the feminine is here to do, which is to like give life and to heal and to, you know, yeah. Be that free flowing energy. Yeah. She, she had to kind of like keep the household together. She had to keep the household together. So she had to dip deeper into that. And then I just started seeing it like generationally and ancestrally. And then I started seeing it on the macro level of this universe of, oh my God, like the, you, and well, first before that, then I saw it on like the woman who was guiding us, who in that point was representing the feminine. And all I could hear when she was singing, all like that kept coming into me was like, do you hear her crying? do you hear her crying? Like she was out there holding the structure for us, providing these really healing songs and, and being this caretaker to make, because she knew like in that, like these are children right now. We're all adults, but when you're on a medicine like this, you become such a sponge that you've got to treat these people who are on this medicine, like children, like pure children. She had to become like mama bear. She had to become mama bear and she had to become papa bear. She had to become everything to provide this very healing structure for us. 
And all I could keep thinking was like, do you hear her crying? Like, cause then I could hear the masculine archetype, right? In the background, <laughs> literally, literally acting a fool, acting a fool, like singing and shouting phrases into the sky and hopping up mountains and like being super playful and just, and then I started seeing the wounded masculine in him of like, he's acting like a child. And he agreed to like be our, our guy. And he was right. He, and, and I have no idea what the people, the people who he was with probably got the most beautiful healing from him, but just how I was seeing it and what right. he was representing for me at that time yes. where I was like, my God. So like the masculine just floats away and does whatever they want to do. And then the fam fam feminine just has to like hold down the floor. Once again, we keep seeing these women who have to just rise up once again. And then then I saw it on the macro level of the universe of, do you hear her crying? Do you hear our mother earth crying? We are literally breaking down because the structures that we have created to hold her are flimsy as anything. And they're not here to see her bloom. They're here to boundary up. They're here for profit, for money, for anything other than giving life force energy to the world. Yeah. It's not a, it's not a symbiotic relationship. No, that's, that's feeding both of them. And we need, in order to heal this planet, we need structures that are here to hold, like a, when you think of like the divine masculine archetype, it's this like gentle structure, this like loving, gentle structure who is here to hold everything around you so that the feminine can bloom, the feminine can heal, she can nurture, she can give life. And our universe, our planet is literally not able to do that right now. You see... I mean, there's forest fires everywhere. There's like, it's it's shutting down. And that's because the structures that we've created, they're not here for her. They're very mm, selfishly created. Yeah. They're, they're not for the community. They're for one person, one entity, one, in, one industry. And that was just the entire, the entirety, you know, the whole trip was seeing the imbalance first within myself, then within my ancestors and then within the universe. And then I started thinking of that. That's why there's so many fertility issues right now in the world too, because there's just such an imbalance. Yeah, it makes sense. I mean, it's all connected. It's all trickled down into each other, you know, because whether you want to talk about it at an energetic level, <clears throat> at an energetic spiritual level, which is the way that you're describing it, it, eventually that becomes physical. So when you are engaging with Mother Earth from a place of wanting to dominate her and make her serve your needs rather than how can I tend to her, and then she'll actually probably blossom quite infinite times as much and my needs will get met anyways, but as human beings, for some reason, we've eventually chosen this other path that actually makes no sense of, you know, how can I dominate all her forces um, to get what I need? And by doing that, we've put all these chemicals into the environment and these chemicals have fed back into our bodies, directly attacking a lot of our reproductive cycles. So it all becomes, it's all one thing. It's all one thing. Everything is 100% connected. I was going to say something that just slipped my mind as well. 
Um, I can't think of it. Well, what has this, what has this meant for you in terms of integration? So it really woke me up to, because I have been operating so much out of my masculine for so long, still, even still having done so much healing work, I wasn't seeing where I was bracing against life. I wasn't seeing where I was keeping myself so closed in order to feel safe. Oh, this is what I was going to say a minute ago was what, what the masculine energy does not understand is that when they like, as the feminine energy, you know, regardless of you're a man or a woman, like they are here to give life, to heal. So no, and it's kind of just what you said, like no matter what, it's never a selfish pursuit. You will be healed along the way. Hold us so we can hold you. Right. Like I think for in many ways, the masculine felt that has felt either, I, I you know, I need to, to make life happen in a way that feels comfortable for me. I have to control the woman, which is, or I have to control the earth. And then that I can tame her and, and life will happen the way that I need it to. And then I'll be comfortable. But that doesn't work because that energy is not meant to be tamed or controlled. That en energy is meant to be nurtured. And then as you nurture it, then it comes back and it, it feeds you. And yeah, and, and eventually the, ma the men, you know, if we're going to break it down into gender, because we all have masculine and feminine inside of us. But as far as if you are in a physical embodiment that is more man or a physical embodiment that is more woman, the way that the energy is going to lean is that there is going to be more of that masculine energy for the most part in you if you are in a masculine body. Now, there's a, many different combinations of the percentages of, ma of masculine and feminine energies in each body, but the physical embodiment that you are in is representative of the, in many ways, not for everybody, right? Like we're just with transgender and stuff, like there's bigger spiritual things, but in many ways, like that is what your energy inclinations usually are. And so if men were able to, you know, I'm, and I'm thinking about what's going on in Afghanistan right now too, that it's with the Taliban, it's all about controlling women. And, you know, women have so much healing and so much love and, and we need women. But these men that represent what has happened in society for so many generations of trying to dominate women are over there creating war and wreaking havoc when we could all be li living peacefully, you know, and, and as as social beings, when we take care of each other, it's kind of like what we were talking about with Meredith, that we're all playing different roles here as if we can take care of each other, every individual steps up with their particular type of energetic balance and adds that to the collective so that we can all bloom together. Right. And we can come from the energy that we predominantly, predominantly are. That's how, you know, what's been coming up for me in your earlier question about integrating is seeing that like I have been hungry to dip back into my feminine and because I operated out of one for so long, I see how a lot of my relationships formed, formed in that way. And I see how I operated that way just in every aspect of my life. And 
I mean, when I think about it, just thinking about like what, what do even like on a relationship level, like what do I want my like romantic relationships to look like? It's all, it's colored that as well of before. I don't know if I ever went into a relationship really consciously. I was young too. I was really young for most of my long-term relationships, at least when they started. And I wasn't really thinking about much other than attraction and chemistry and safety. Do I feel safe with them? Right. And just where I am in my life now is getting really serious about if I'm going to get serious with someone or if I'm going to start dating with someone, like I'm not where I'm at with this, like knowing that I have, like, I'm not going to fuck around and be with someone who's fucking around and someone who hasn't, who maybe I see in their life where they're placing responsibility that they should be taking on the the women in their life. Or if I'm not seeing someone who has a structure for themselves, someone who has a like a conscious structure, like a healed masculine and feminine within themselves. Because I'm really ready to operate from the place of, I think before in relationships, I would just be like, I'll do everything. I I mean, and they'll do, they did everything too, you know, but I think I would operate from a place of like, I would ignore a lot of things because I didn't think it was a big deal. Am I making sense? Yeah. Part of me speaking speaking kind of vaguely because I really don't want to. No, it's making sense. Okay. Yeah. So just being really clear about what I want my relationships to look like romantically and friendships as well. Where can I step into my my friendships from a healed masculine and feminine perspective? And like you said earlier, there's just a whole spectrum of like where we land, right? What that I means for each person. What that means for each person. I was listening to John Wyland and he was talking about how you can have, you can be like a, a, in your sexuality, it can be predominantly feminine. And then in your mentality and how you operate through life, it can be masculine. Your emotional body can be feminine. There's like a mix of literally everything. But in, if you think about it overall, people do tend to lean at like maybe 60% masculine, 40% feminine or 70, 30 or whatever. And just knowing where I land within myself really has shown me what I want for myself just literally for myself and then for when I get into a relationship. Like I know I am for sure predominantly feminine like sexuality for sure. Yeah. Which is like, this is super interesting. And this kind of gets like a fun steamy podcast. So I feel like we'll have to have a guest for that. But it's like the where the woman wants to be like, John Wyland talks about, he's like, do you want to, what is the fucking word? Like overtake or be taken? Which makes me think of like how when we talk about Lisa Bonet's husband, Paula, (laughs) (laughs) he's here to take. Yeah. He's here to be this. He he, to me is this just like, I mean, just dripping masculinity. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I actually do prefer that. (laughs) 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 Like thinking about it, I'm like, there's only I want a balance between like coming towards me respectfully. But then at some point being a little bit more like directive with like taking ownership of the situation. 
but that's still the masculine that's right. still like, the healed conscious divine masculine is that gentle structure so mm -hmm. someone who's a leader someone who is uh, gonna guide someone who's like baby this is what we're gonna do and this is where i'm gonna take you and then someone who has healed enough within their own feminine and knows the flow of ecstatic emotions to know that when they get with you sexually they can be the leader and the like fucking wild person you know, mm -hmm. that's why it's just so important to have this balance too. When we go into relationship with, you know, I mean, it depends on like what you want, but for me, it's just really what I've been waking up to for whenever I am ready. I'm not there right now, but when I'm, when I'm ready, like I'm getting pretty clear on what it is that I want. And I don't think I've ever thought about it like super, super deeply, at least on an energetic level. I've always, you know, for me, you know, someone that has their own like spirituality practice and someone who is awake to more than just this 3D realm. I think that that's pretty important for me. But now it's like someone who's really healed within their own masculine and their own feminine and their own feminine because the ability to hold structure for like the wild erratic emotions and, you know, the flowing life energy and all of that still is really important. Mm hmm. Yeah. I mean, it's polarities. It is it is, I think, really helpful to think of it in terms of these energetic balances, because there's always been that debate of like, does a woman pay or, or does a man pay or do you split it? Or like, you know, when it comes to like, for example, finances, just because so much of what we consider, quote unquote, structure in our society is economically based. Um, but if you take it down to the energetic, the energetics of it that money or whatever is just a symbol for how a person moves, you know, like, yes. like, do they want to take care of you? Do they want you to feel held? And then in return, may as a woman, like, you know, with you and I, the way that our polarities are, like, we're more likely to turn around and be very, very nurturing, which is also very, I mean, that's a different, it's, it's a very balanced energetic exchange, you know? I don't want to open doors for you. Like there's absolutely nothing sexy about that to me. That's that's not, I want you to like lean over and open my door. And then in return, you know what I mean? It's just, it's going to bring out my natural, my natural balance of for sure. I'm primarily leaning towards the, the feminine energy. Yeah. Situation. Totally. And the thing, like what you said, you know, the money, it's not even necessarily the, the like the money it symbolizes something. And John or David Data, he's another like amazing speaker on this. So YouTube him because he wrote he wrote The Way of the Superior Man. Um, re, or you, There's a YouTube audio book on that. It's really good. But he talks about how like it's not even so much about like the man making more money is it, it's is the man guiding? Is he in leadership? Is he making his woman feel safe? Is he present? Is he attentive? Is he like totally like all listen? Of that. Listen, I could. I, I was thinking about this. I'm like, could I be like Sherry and Jaw, or you know, our oh. <laughs> our Jamaican homies? You know, because she kind of and I, I don't know all the details of their life, obviously, but it, from what They're we can ways. tell, let's give people some background. They're the people who host that housed us when we were in Jamaica. <laughs> They're a Jamaican family. So it's so it's an American white woman that went to Jamaica and fell in love with a Rastafari. And so she has all this background in business and creating business structures and stuff. And he has a lot of knowledge of the land. And so 
she kind of, you know, they have the Airbnb and she handles all like the administrative aspects of all that. And obviously like technically, I guess you could say brings in the money, but really she it's does, a partner. Yeah. But oh, really but it's yeah, a partnership yeah, yeah. because Ja is fucking like trekking the waterfalls <laughs> to get Yo, I literally was like, where did you get this water, Ja? And he's like, I went up the mountain this morning. I was like, oh my God, what a man. He's chopping wood outside, just like tending to the land. And I'm like, you know, I could go for that. Like it's not, <laughs> I could totally go for that. Like I could totally give me a man that knows how to like labor. Like that's fine. It's not even about the money. It's like, do we feel safe? Do we feel protected? Do we feel like there's structure there? And then we can use our intellect perfect. You know, if we want, if that's how the, the chips lay to like bring in, you know, the finances, or I'm thinking of like, for example, lions, you know, it's like the male lion kind of, he doesn't do a ton of activity, but he's big. And he like makes sure that no other lion can come in and infiltrate the pride. And he makes sure that, that the cubs stay safe because he's so big. And then the women don't mind the lionesses don't mind going out and hunting. Right. Because he, at the end of the day, he's kind of like holding down the structure of the tribe. But yeah, it's just it's about recognizing what your feminine, masculine, energetic polarity is and honoring that. And like, when do you feel good? I mean, for sure, you and I are more there's got I wonder if there's more of a feminine, energetic balance in, in the archetype of um, of projector in human design, because when you're looking into, you know, in in Chinese I guess in ancient Chinese studies that talk about this, like the yin and the yang. There's like the less, there's the, I think the higher, the higher yin, the lesser yin. So it's like, to what extent do you have those energies? And the one that's like the very, very high feminine is like a, a type of temperament that wants to take it slow, take it easy, be tapped into emotions that feels everything that this kind of person actually needs time to integrate <laughs> what has happened and to take time out to consciously process through their emotions. And this person can offer a lot of energetic space for the emotions of others and all that stuff. And I for sure see myself in that. And I would say I can see you too in that. There's also like the lesser yin. So it's that, but then mixed with a little bit more activity, which I, I think you do more activity than me, but you know, it just, it's very, it's different variations of it. Um, but also I'm right there with you that for so long I had to force myself into a place of a masculine role that wasn't natural for me. Like the older I get, the more that I'm in a contained kind of like safe structure that I've been able to, you know, co-create with life for myself. I realized like, I'm not, I'm not meant to be out here hustling like crazy or like, standing up to all kinds of aggressive people out in different work environments. I mean, I can do it. I can do it and be that active and be that, you know, that much about doing. I can do it, but it puts me in, it throws me into a, into a significant mental health challenge. <laughs> <laughs> like that's not when my mental health thrives. My mental health thrives when I can, and I'm blessed enough that like little by little, I mean, I, I evoked my masculine wounded as it was to help guide me into a profession and create a structure that has allowed my feminine to be how I primarily make my, my living. Yes. 
And when you think about it and you have that, when you're naturally more feminine, regardless of your gender, and you have to dip deeper into that masculine, which is what ended up happening for me, I became more of an asshole. Me too. You know, because like, that's just not my natural state of being is to, to be like consistently creating this structure and guiding and leading and, you know, directing and all of that. But when you think of someone who is comfortable, predominantly masculine, and they've healed their masculine, they thrive off of that leadership and guidance. And like, that's David Data talks about how the main life driving force for the masculine is purpose. And for the feminine, it's like love and nurturing, something like that. I forget what the woman, the feminine is exactly. But so when you think of like, like now that we are where we're at, really excited to explore more of the feminine inside of us and allowing it to flow and conscious of whoever we get in partnership with, they will be happy to do the things that make us into an asshole right? Of like guiding and leading and providing yes. that structure. Oh my God. Yes. So, and then we'll be there like loving and Holding dancing. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, <laughs> just give me a home where I can dance. <laughs> That's really all I want. <laughs> I promise I'll be and, useful. <laughs> and nurture. I mean, shit, my dancing will give you some life force and nurturing and healing and, and creating a space where everyone can bloom so that like they can also go out into the world and and then they bloom. It's just this like dance that happens between the two. Totally. You, you are aware of where you're at and then the partner that you get with. Yeah. And it like, it just, it changes the experience. But I mean, in the meantime, it's like, okay, it's fine. Just tend to make the best with it and however you can. Like I think about you know, when I went to Mexico last year, <laughs> that everyone heard my luxurious Mexican vacation, <laughs> um, personal honeymoon with my, me, myself and I, I'm going down there as a single woman by myself. So my instincts led me to get this really nice hotel where everything was going to be provided for me, you know, and I you know, I could call on a senor from downstairs to come like fix whatever, you know what I mean? Like I was able, I've been able, that's where women have kind of like stepped up because we've had to create these financial resources for ourselves to be like, okay, well then I got to outsource this male role in, in a way, you know? And, and I didn't want to leave my hotel because it's too much work. Like I just want to lounge. I don't want to go out there and like face into you know, all the different kinds of situations. And it's just all that doing all that doing in, in these unknown environments. I'm just like, no, like, that's not what my feminine needs. Like my feminine needs to be given this structure where I can just be. And since I went by myself, that essentially meant that I didn't really I didn't leave my hotel and I had no desire to And the one day that I left my hotel I was pissed and I couldn't wait to get back. Like, it, I was in this ferry and ton, you know, all these people and I was just ready to go back and kind of be in my container so I could just soften and relax and have my insights and, you know, bring back all the beautiful energy I needed to for my work back here in Atlanta. And this time around to Puerto Rico, I went with a guy friend and it was just a different experience because he wanted to drive around everywhere. And I'm like, okay, well, here's, you know, we rented a car. Here's the keys. Like, I'm just sit here in the passenger seat. <laughs> like, where are you going to take me? 
Okay. And then we're going to go to the beach and he like carries all the beach chairs and all that stuff. And I'm just like, okay, cool. <laughs> like we can track out into the beach. Cause you, that this particular person embodies more of like that, like masculine type of presence. Right. Um, versus for me, like if I had ended up going to Puerto Rico by myself, you better believe I would have been going back and forth between the beach right in front of my hotel in my room. Like, that's really what would have happened. I might have walked down the beach for a second, but my natural temperament is not, I want that container. And if someone else isn't going to help me get it, then I'm going to create structures for myself to still have that experience. Exactly. And then also something that's really important to bring up in partnership is when you have been able to heal your own masculine and your own feminine, then, and you are with someone who, you know, ideally they've healed theirs as well or in the healing journey of it. You, we, we hold, because most of us are on that spectrum, it's not like there, there's going to be times where we are going to dip a little into our masculine if they need to dip into their feminine. Totally. If they've had a long day, if they're completely spent and they're just like, baby, can you like just take over for a minute and like guide and lead for like the next few hours or day or whatever until I recoup. And then that's when we're, yeah, we can absolutely, absolutely. We can dip deeper into our masculine and like provide that structure and guide and lead and hold space while they are, they can flow like water and just totally and all of that. Yeah. And then someone who naturally likes to be in their masculine is going to want to go come back into their masculine because the way that they get their purpose is by guiding their tribe, by leading, by, so it's just like, I am so aware now of like when I am ready for partnership that I'm, I am like eyes wide open to these polarities and to signs from the beginning of do they show that that part of them is healed? Do they show that they have this leadership, this guidance in their life, or are they still just like totally living this very bachelor free life and not really tending to any one structure, just doing whatever they want when they want? Yeah. And like what level of responsibility do they have? Cause that's so, that's important. It is important. important. It is important. And I, and I, I do believe that it's important to bring it up even in a, in a gendered way. Like as much as we stay away from that, just because I can't speak for couples that are not in heteronormative relationships, but I know that those of us that are in heteronormative relationships that have been for many generations, women have learned to really lower their standard for what they expect from their men. And we can't continue to do that. It's really important to challenge our men to rise up, to rise up, to meet us, you know, at this level of, you know, king and queen, goddess and God level. I, I'm not going to put up with anything less than a man that's willing to come in in a ground and create grounded, loving structure for me. And if they can't do that in presence, then I'm not going to make excuses for them. It doesn't help anybody. I never see that turning out okay for any of my clients, right? Or for me, whenever that's, you know, on my personal journey. But it's it's starting to, like, raise those standards and say, like, okay, like, I know what the healed masculine, what I would like it to be embodying. And I need that as a woman. You know, 
especially if a woman is thinking of having kids or creating a family, like we need men that are willing to and capable of holding it down and holding that structure while we could possibly be bedridden. Like the woman goes through so many changes. Our bodies basically aren't even our own at that point. And even if we don't want to have kids, just to have more of those healthy balances blossoming in the world, it's like, okay, we're not going to just, I mean, it's time to just hold each other to higher standards. I could not agree more. And that's where I don't think in the past I ever had expectations or standards. I think I would just meet people and then run with it, you know, but where I am now, it's like, no, I have, like, I very much have a filter that you have to make it through. And that's just what I want for myself. Like enough is enough. I'm not ever trying to be in a position where I am taking over the structure and over here, like doing the life giving as well, or, or I don't want to hold down the fort for both. I want you to be really aware of your energy of where you stand and because we know what we're coming in with. Right. And then we might do that for a little while, but eventually we'll get resentful because that's not the energy that we're, our, our, our nature wants to be operating in. Yeah. And that's another, that's another quick insight that happened when I was on the journey is, so there was this, uh, person that to me, he was, you know, the masculine again. And he was like very young. And there was a moment where he was near me and I'm like, it would be very kind of me at this point. I'm like fully in the masculine feminine journey, like seeing everything from those lenses. And I'm like, it'd be very kind for me to like, I have food. Let me give this man food, make sure he's okay. You know? And he's like, yes, yes, thank you. Gave it to him. And then immediately my mind first, like immediately, I didn't hold on to it for too long tried to resent him of like, and now you take my food. (laughs) (laughs) And I was like, hold up, Valentina. Like as it was literally forming a thought, I'm like, okay, that's not what we're trying to do either. (laughs) Like the resentment is not how we hold standards and expectations because those are our sons. I don't think that placing blame on any like wounded masculine or or on the masculine as a whole. I don't think that it's about placing blame and being like, you suck, you suck and whatever. Like, I don't, I don't like that. I don't, I don't subscribe to that. It's about going inwards and holding a standard for yourself while also having deep compassion for both polarities. Yeah. And you can totally hold people up to higher standards and have that come from a place of deep compassion. Because when we hold people up to higher standards, we're saying, I know that you're capable of more than this. And I'm not just going to agree to watch you show up lesser than who you're capable of being. Yeah. So. Well, that's how my journey went. <laughs> I think I got it out pretty well. Yeah, I told you. you you've gotten really comfortable with language. <laughs> I hope so. You have. You've come such a long way in your use of language. I'm surprised you don't know that. No, I mean, I am aware that I've gotten a lot better. And I think the podcast has definitely helped a lot. I, but it's, you know, because writing for me is just, I mean, I can express myself really, really well. And I'm very aware of it in writing. Yeah. So. Well, writing does something different. 
Yeah. Writing does something different. Yeah. But no, I, I would say I'm I'm proud. <laughs> I'm pretty proud. It's I think we've covered it journey. all. Yeah. We can we probably, I mean, in future podcasts, we can probably talk even more about how you're continuing to integrate it. Yeah, in, I would love in, that. In daily practical practices, because that's what it really comes down to. You know, we have all these big aha moments, and it's really all about that one very simple little life moment where you say no when you would have normally said yes, or you say yes when you would have normally said no. Like it all comes down like the actual moments when you realize that you've been healing are so not they're not they're not that glorious. They're not as glorious as these insights. It's that moment when you breathe a little deeper when you normally would have held your breath. It's that moment when you take just one step further, you know, when the anxiety inside of you is saying like, no, curl up in a ball. And that's how you shift and integrate these insights into daily life. Yeah. I mean, I can tell you one, one insight for sure that I've kind of already spoke about was just moving forward, thinking about for when I ever, when I'm ready to get in partnership again. I mean, I've never been this clear. I think before for me, marriage was not something that I like really saw happening. I'm open to it and still I'm open to it. Right. I don't have this, like I have to be married or I don't want to be married. It's not on either extreme, but before in past relationships, it was there, but I wasn't really like, it wasn't like a concrete thing in my mind of like being able to see myself married. And I didn't really understand. And I think also that was a big part of that was because subconsciously I knew that I wasn't, I was nowhere near who I needed to be to get there. And right. The no, that I, I was getting for both of us, it's like, like the fuck you want me to pass on these patterns <laughs> to another yeah. situation like hell no we got to focus on the healing yeah and the partnerships that I was getting into it just wasn't like there nothing reflected the level of consciousness where I'm at now and where I'm at now is just like I am like so hyper aware of what I no longer tolerate and so hyper aware of what I will not be passing down to my kids Right. Because during that entire journey, my intention was just deep ancestral healing for, and, and then worldly healing. So I can now no longer see this truth and engage in something that's different. My yeah. body will shut down. There's no going back. There's literally no going back. So, so that's just one giant insight that I now operate through the lens of that. Like I maybe before if certain people would try to text me, maybe I'd entertain it or not. And where I'm at now is just like, uh, n no, <laughs> like it's, I see pretty clearly what I want and what I don't want. Like that's very, because I know that I do see marriage now as something that could happen. I do see marriage as actually a, a possibility and a reality. And now why I'm able to actually see it that way is because I'm aware of what I would want that to look like before. I never really, I thought we would just be who we were then and slip into marriage and be those same people, you know? Yeah. And now I'm like, Oh no, it can actually be such a beautiful dynamic with two people who are really aware of where they stand within themselves and what they expect in a partner or what they want out of a partner and what those polarities look like. Yeah. So it's beautiful. That's one 
tangible one and then I will let the others reveal as we go along. All right, you guys, thank you so much for tuning in with us. That was really exciting for me to finally get it out because I've been wanting to share it with you guys for a month now and it's out. And I really actually would love to know your thoughts on it. Like, did anything come up for you? If it did, can you DM us? Can you let me know? Can you engage with us? Did any insights come out? Do you disagree? Any of it? I want to know. Yes. And you guys can always connect with us on Pretty Mental Official on Instagram. We love, 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 love hearing from you. We really do love hearing from you. And keep tuning in with us every Monday at 6 a.m. EST. We love you guys. Oh my gosh, this is what I was going to say. How crazy is this? I actually don't think I ever told you. What? Um, so on my second ayahuasca journey, I our guide, yeah, a man, yes, left us in the middle of the journey. Oh, wow. Did I ever tell you that? Yeah, you did. Oh, he literally, I remember he came up to me because I had gone up to go to the bathroom and on my way back, he came up to me and put his hands on my shoulders and he goes, I'm leaving. And I remember being in the middle. I mean, right. you, guys, you guys don't like if you've heard me talk about ayahuasca before, it's you're you're on a different dimension. It's completely, you're altered. You're altered. And I remember just at that point, you have two choices to either traumatize yourself or to either surrender like you've never surrendered before. Ayahuasca is a plant medicine where you need a guide. They have to sing for you. They, it's a tradition that's been done for like thousands of years. I'm assuming, I don't know how many, but like at least hundreds, probably thousands, honestly. And there's a tradition behind it. They sing like people who, it's just a whole thing. You need a guide point blank period. And I remember when he told me, he's like, I'm leaving. Just thinking like, oh, I was in the middle of like flying through the stratosphere and just you have to kind of accept it because I, you're aware that your brain is such a sponge right now that if you were to freak out, you could go into like literal hell. Yeah. And I was just like, okay, if that is what you need to do, that is what you need to do. I trust. And, and he left us and the only reason why the entire room was able to continue to function was because the women in the room all buckled up and became straight up mothers. Wow. And it was my friend Natasha and my friend Lisa and me and mainly Natasha who yeah. was also on ayahuasca and was literally running around the room, helping people, cleaning people. I mean, if you guys have ever seen the, any documentaries of ayahuasca, you see how people are like purging and crying. And like, sometimes it looks like they're having literal exorcisms and they're like yelling. And like the room was absolute chaos. It was chaos. It was chaos. And Natasha was running around helping and saving people. And I remember being with and helping and saving the men. All because it was like three women in the room, and then the rest was like eight men or something like that. And I remember going up to one of the men in the group, and I and me literally on in another dimension, going through my own journey. I had to. He was, he was not well. He was not well. It was very scary. 
I had to grab him by the shoulders and look at him straight in the eyes. And I was like, breathe with me. <laughs> like I had to get like a, like a mom. And I'm like, the only thing I could think of was breath. Right. I'm just like, you are fine. You are okay. Breathe with me. And like fully being not, I was not fully there, but like I had to like sh just white knuckle my way into somewhat of like some semblance of sobriety because it was, we had to hold space because they were not holding space at all for themselves. They were like going nuts. And it makes sense when you're on that medicine. That's why you need a guide because you're not really able to hold space for yourself like that. But it was, it's just crazy that the, my last two plant medicine journeys, the men left. That's so weird. And the women had to completely take over. What? And my entire second ayahuasca experience was the, the message that, that I wrote. I have it in my notes still. It was this world is going to implode unless the divine, there's a rise of divine feminine. And I see that as not like women taking over and like we're in charge. I see that as like, well, one, yes, respect your women and heal your divine feminine within yourself, whether you're a man or you're a woman. And that's just the message that came circulating. Like there needs to be a balance of the masculine and feminine energies because like it, I, that was a ayahuasca trip where I went to hell. You guys heard the first one I went to heaven. The second one I went to hell. It was pure hell that second time, like demons and fire. And it was horrible and, you know, great in the best way at the end, because I had a lot of insights afterwards um, and enough work on myself where I didn't come and Paula held space for me too afterwards where I didn't wasn't completely traumatized from the experience. It, you know, it's interesting because right after that experience, you wrote down um, that what we need is the rise of the divine feminine. And it feels like you've kind of like brought that circle, like full circle with the San, San Pedro experience because it's, right? It's not just the divine feminine that needs to rise, but the masculine has to rise with us. Yes. And so like you really got into that feminine energy. And I think after like your experiences this year and, and whatever, and then San Pedro, it's like, Oh, wait, no, but like we also need the masculine to get into like the divine masculine and the divine feminine. Both parts are absolutely essential within ourselves and across our relationships. Mm hmm. How crazy. I still can't get over the fact that that happened twice. That's wild. I'm like, all right, lesson learned. I get like it. Like the universe is like, Valentina, look over here. And yeah, it's wild. It's really wild and really beautiful. And we know the journey that we're going to be on for a minute. Yep. Buckle sure. up, guys. Buckle up because we're all going together. We are all going together. Okay. All right. We're no Valentina and I could talk for like five hours straight. So we literally know, could. With the comeback of these solos, <laughs> also get ready. Y'all, we're about to be on some Joe Rogan <laughs> shit. Tune in for five hours. <laughs> all right. We love you guys. We love you. 6 a.m. EST on Mondays. You know the deal. Come engage with us on Instagram. Los queremos mucho. Mwah. All parts mm -hmm. of you are welcome here. Bye. Mwah. Bye.